0: Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Sometimes the journey to my grandma's house, a mere four and a half hours from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, to Lake Crystal, Minnesota, seemed endless, especially when I knew my cousins who lived in Lake Crystal or the ones who were visiting from other places at the same time as we were, were awaiting my arrival. Interestingly, I felt a similar anxious anticipation on our return trips, which would most often occur a few days to a week later. How long until we get home? Are we almost there? It helped that I was a reader early on, quite used to sitting with a book and arriving at many and varied locations, courtesy of a writer's imagination, which helped the travel time to pass, yet I still remember the yearning no matter how many times we took the trips to get where we were going. Are we there yet? Now, I am admittedly naive about the pagan celebration of Imbolc that occurred on February 1st, yet I am very taken with the general concept of it. I love that it is celebrating not an end point or a beginning point, for that matter, not the shortest day of the year or the longest, but a midpoint. It is celebrating not arrival or departure, but promise, potential, right here in the middle of everything, midway between winter solstice and summer solstice. It is leaning toward spring, though not yet there. It is a time to embrace and share hope for what is to come, to act and plan as best we can for a harvest ahead. It strikes me that symbolically, perhaps, this is where we spend our lives, especially in terms of the struggles for justice And equity. We live out our lives in the middle of these struggles and though we imagine and sing about entering a promised land where justice flows down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream, the truth is, I think it is sometimes detrimental to our efforts to imagine that we will ever truly arrive at such a destination. Are we there yet? Nope. Are we there yet? Nope. Are we there yet? No. And that doesn't mean that we stop working toward justice and equity. On the contrary, it means we will never stop working toward justice and equity. It means we don't naively believe that we can arrive and then relax. Because justice is not a destination, it is a practice, as the mission of this congregation wisely notes. And we are born in the middle of this struggle, and we will also die in the middle of this struggle, as generation upon generation of individuals have done before us. We are in the middle, and the most that I can envision, the best I can hope for, is not an end to the struggle, but joy in the struggle. When though this tempest round me roars, I know the truth, it liveth. What though the darkness round me close, songs in the night it giveth. No storm can shake my inmost calm while to that rock I'm clinging. Since love prevails in heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? because justice is not a destination but a practice. It is not an endpoint but a way I can choose to guide my feet for my stretch of the journey. It strikes me that some of the dangers we are facing in this country today arise from imagining, for example, that democracy was a destination and further, that we had arrived at that destination. I found to my surprise that I held that belief <laughs> once it was challenged. As deeply imperfect as I discovered this democracy to be and I continue to learn more about that, still I somehow imagined that being a democracy was a settled matter and that the work was to make this country live up to its highest promises and principles. I imagined that we had arrived at a destination and that now We just needed to fix the place up. Are we there yet? Nope. Turns out democracy is not a destination, but a practice that only exists if there are people willing to put in the work, people willing to join in the ongoing struggle to make it real and then make it realer. I hear people say, and I understand the frustration, I do. I hear people say in speaking about voting rights and women's rights and a host of other areas in which it feels like a tragic regression is underway, they say, do we have to fight this battle again I understand the frustration that generates that question, but it assumes that we had arrived at a place where those rights were assured. I understand the frustration that generates that question, but the answer is clear. Do we need to fight this battle again? Yes. Yes. Yes, we need to fight this battle again to continue the struggle, continue sharing hope, continue finding joy in the struggle, and continue to learn more about what justice and equity mean and to practice what we have learned to the best of our ability. And that's the other reason why arriving at a destination, to me, is not a helpful metaphor in the struggle for justice, equity, human rights. Because there is always more for me to learn about being truly inclusive, about connecting with others compassionately, about listening deeply and speaking truthfully because I did think for a long time that the golden rule was the epitome of compassionate connection, that it supplied the ideal to which to point our efforts to treat everyone fairly, that reaching that behavioral aspiration would erase unnecessary and unjust suffering and solve so many problems if we could just get there. And I still believe that the golden rule is wonderful and that it would help immensely if only... We could all live by the golden rule. But then I heard about the platinum rule, and the first time I heard that phrase, I have to admit that I was suspicious. What are they talking about, I wondered, thinking it rather presumptuous that anyone would think they could improve on a many centuries-old precept that shows up in most every religious and ethical tradition. And then I heard the platinum rule and that revision, treating people not as I would choose to be treated, but as they would choose to be treated, opened me up to the possibility that there could be a difference. As shockingly self-absorbed as that makes me sound, suddenly I was not assuming that everyone would, of course, choose what I would choose, but that others may have, well, Others may have other perspectives, and that part of the wonder and challenge of human relationship is to explore, encounter, and understand those differences and to respond to those differences with compassion. There is always more to learn, which is why we never arrive. Are we there yet? Nope. I can look back in history sometimes. And shake my head at what seems like stubbornly willful resistance by some individuals to what we now understand to be principles of justice and equity and human rights and compassionate connection. But I have to also understand that future generations will look at me, at us, in a similar fashion. The learning... May it be so, the learning will continue and make the realizations that I've been fortunate enough to glean from the work and wisdom of others seem like but a short way forward on this journey. While all the realizations that I missed or stubbornly refused to accept may loom large. We are in the middle of an ongoing struggle, learning what we can and passing along what hope we can. And as tiring as that sounds, it is the only thing that will keep us from the illusion of being able to arrive and relax, relax our efforts, relax our mission. If the worst of what is happening presently teaches us nothing else, it is that we have not. Indeed, we cannot arrive. Helen Keller exclaiming, I rejoice to live in such a splendidly disturbing time. And Paul Hawken noting that in such a time, history is suspended and thus unfinished. It will be the stroke of midnight for the rest of our lives. Are we there yet? Nope. But we are right here in the middle of everything, the place from which we glimpse not only struggle, but joy in the struggle. We cannot arrive, but we can claim our place in this ongoing struggle with the crazy quilt assemblage of global humanity that is willing to stand up to the raw cancerous insults that come from the mouths, guns, checkbooks, and policies of ideologues. Here we are, beckoning and calling, telling people what we're seeing, asking people what they see. And I love that phrase for us, especially now in the midst of our visioning process led by the board telling people what we're seeing, asking people what they see. Here in the middle of things, of all that is, planning for what can be, come share a dream with me. Come walk in rain with me, right? (laughs) And we know even as we ask questions like, where do we as a congregation want to be in five years? Where do we want to be? that we are not talking about a once-and-for-all destination, but rather a plan for effectively using our resources to carry out our mission and faithfully caring for this living tradition which we have inherited and which we want to pass along to future generations. A plan for this middle place in which we find ourselves, this place of resistance, and defiance and also of compassion and hope because we are not merely trying to prevent wrongs but actively seeking to love this world. Who do we as a congregation want to be? Who are we becoming? What do we need to learn? What assumptions about ourselves, our wider community, Or the world at large? What assumptions may we want to challenge? To explore? To engage? Are we there yet? Nope. No. But it is my honor and privilege to be traveling this road with you.